Disclaimer. The following podcast includes an in-depth analysis of the final Star Wars Episode Nine trailer. In other words, this could take a while. We now return you to your regularly scheduled Nerds of the Roundtable podcast. Keep it nerdy. Welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy. And on this episode, we have exciting news. Exciting news. Bloodshot has a trailer finally. Yay! <laughs> that, that's, that's a thing, yeah. That's, that's a thing. <laughs> well, guys, I'll tell you, the exciting news happened during one of the, well, I'm not even going to say one of the only football games I watch a year. The only half a game I watch per year. And it's just until halftime on Monday Night Football when they show the Star Wars trailer. Don't you watch the Super Bowl, too? No, unless they're showing a Star Wars trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so it could potentially be, too, because I, I think they did bring out the Rogue One trailer during the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, because uh, it was kind of a, a, a weird schedule. I think it was delayed in things, but they... Uh, I want to say they brought out something Star Wars during one of the Super Bowls, and I, I watched that. But yeah, uh, I, I not not even not even the biggest game of the year is enough to drag me out of my <laughs> nerddom <laughs> into the athletic realm than a Star Wars trailer during Monday Night Football, where the Jets are playing. And I only found this out during the game because of the Star Wars trailer, but they are not doing really good this year. <laughs> to say the least <laughs> yeah, this, but, this yeah. is not a uh, football news podcast I'll save those thoughts for later yeah so we've had the teasers we've had the teasers for teasers we've we, teasers for teasers we've had the announcements we've had the little sizzle reels so now we have the final full trip two and a half minutes of Star Wars so guys I gotta ask the question who has tickets? Not yet. Nobody Not yet. yet. Okay. <laughs> I, I haven't got mine yet uh, either, and uh, hopefully those will be being secured what? very soon. I, yeah. I've got a good reason. I've, I'm waiting on a work schedule to figure out where I'm going to watch it, because you have talked up um, your favorite theater. Yeah. And if I can get that time off, You've, you've really tempted me to go up there and see it there. Okay. Well, great. Well, uh, and that's another reason I've kind of held off on buying them too, because if we can take a whole re- trip of us, that would really be fun. So yeah, it'd be great. we'll have to see what happens uh, there. But uh, Sam, you're telling me that this thing is breaking Fandango records. Oh yeah. Well, even though we haven't purchased tickets um, <laughs> within the first hour of ticket sales, uh, both Adam tickets and Fandango set records. Uh, as far as Fandango goes, online ticket sales for uh, Rise of Skywalker has beat any other movie in the Star Wars franchise at this point. And with Adam tickets, within the first hour, it sold 45% more tickets than even Avengers Endgame. Wow. Wow. So, Well, now this is really interesting because Last Jedi being so divisive, Solo being the flop, you know, which, of course, this is the quote unquote end of the Skywalker saga, you know, so everyone is thinking about that. That's why I said, quote unquote, Jamie is vehemently shaking his head. No, it's not. Yeah, I I think there's they're going to make too much money and they will make more. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Well, you know, I'm I'm going (laughs) to. Venture to guess that everyone who is listening to this podcast now has already seen that trailer. It's interested to see it. But I still want to dig into this a little bit, guys. So what do you say? I know this is a news episode. We want we don't want to go super long. We give ourselves a few minutes to discuss this trailer, uh, kind of like a little maybe a little section by section. That sound doable? Let's, sure. let's give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. Ergo the disclaimer. And the Lucasfilm Limited logo is starting out. 
instinct. Okay. What do you think this is? Three seconds into the trailer, I don't think we were going that many <laughs> short of clip. Well, 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 real quick, where, where do you where do you guys think this is? Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm see. My first thought is that we were back on Jakku in a Force vision, and that she was back inside one of the Star Destroyers. I'm wondering if this is the Death Star, like a, a, a like you know broken Death Star that she's inside of or something. And, and it maybe it's still Force Vision. Yeah, that seems to be the thing that she's running through indoor. And I think uh, that's Leia's helmet. She's knocking off the tree there in that little training session chasing the drone. But she leaps across the chasm. And this could just be clever editing into almost a whole other realm. Looks sort yeah, of like yeah. upside down here. Feeling. Now that was a killer shot of the yeah. rebel blockade running. running yeah, I love that shot of the blockade runner there. Did you guys notice uh, one of the hobbits in this shot? No, I know he's in it, but I didn't spot him. Yeah, Billy Boyd standing behind Rose with the beard. Oh, okay. okay. Looking very concerned. Hey, and we and we did finally see Rose there. So yeah, there, there was a lot of concern that after the backlash of Last Jedi, that we may not see as much of Rose. So I was kind of glad to see her stuck in there. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a question, guys. I want to on the earlier thing, but before you hit the pause button the first time, when she okay. does the force jump across that ravine thing. Is she wearing different clothes when she lands? So I'm, I'm wondering. You, meant, you mentioned the clever edit thing. I'm wondering if there, if that is what happened there. I, I think that's what's going on. There. I think that's a clever edit, which I know Star Wars yeah. has been kind of, you know, trying to trick us with the last few things. You know, from Rogue One, we see scenes that aren't even in the movie. I think yeah. even as far back as The Force Awakens, we were seeing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but that's why I thought the uh, thought of Jakku and maybe a Star Destroyer because it looks like she's back in her Jakku like wardrobe uh-huh. when she lands. Oh, that's that's very good. And when she lands, she lands in a very industrial looking. Yeah, so that's why I think she was back inside, like maybe having a force vision of her past, crawling around inside the Star Destroyer, scavenging. Or, or like you said, it could be you know wreckage of the Death Star or whatnot. Or it could be something they filmed that won't even be in the movie. Very true. <laughs> okay, here's Ray and Kylo facing off. Okay. What do you guys you know, think about the Emperor there? What I love is I love the shot of that throne because oh. it actually matches up with some Ralph McQuarrie art uh-huh. uh, from way back when, uh, probably Return of the Jedi era, uh, looking at some sketches for the Emperor's throne room and stuff. So it was kind of cool to see that, I thought. Yeah, very cool. And you see the uh, the ice asteroid kind of uh, in space with the TIE Fighters flying toward it. Now, this here coming up is a really awesome shot of the Star Destroyer coming up out of the water. Well, I, I just wanted to say that I, I think, I mean, the, the images we've seen, this, there's some striking images here. Striking. This yeah. is going to be a beautiful movie. Well, J.J. does make beautiful movies. Have you see the ghost? Yes. What, uh, what are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look, sir. At my friends. Okay, tear. <laughs> Here moment there. Um, I, I missed this the first uh, few times I watched this, but did you notice the character with the with the mask and the tin advisor there, uh, kind of diminutive character standing beside Poe? That is Carrie Russell as mm. is it Zori Bliss. Voss or? Bliss, yeah, Zori Bliss, Voss Bliss, something like. That. Okay. I know the last name is Bliss. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you guys are so nerdy. Taking you know, one but- last look at my. <laughs> 
But there's been a lot of discussion about why 3PO is even saying that. Because with yeah. the exception of 3PO and R2, he's not had much interaction with the rest of these characters. Exactly, well, exactly. Well, isn't there supposed to be a, like a good amount of time that's passed between The Last Jedi and, and this one? I've, I've, heard it, I've heard at least a year, possibly five. Yeah. That was my that was my understanding. There was gonna be a big gap. So maybe he has like we're supposed to like which they shouldn't do this in movies, but like we're supposed to assume a, a new history <laughs> between so Yeah, yeah, there's been a little yeah. bit more. And uh in in the last Jedi novelization, three PO is kind of uh, an espionage leader of a like a network of droids all linked together spying for the resistance. Yeah, that's in, really that's in the comp. That's in the comic books. He's a spy master. Yeah, it was really books. cool. Yeah, that was yeah. really wild. So we, did, yep, so we did see the ghost also. So is that a tease or is that, you know, something that they're going to bring in a character, you know, that ties rebels to this? Right. Yeah, it could be, you know, or, you know, it could be a thing like with the Return of the Jedi, they're just throwing every ship they have at it. Right. I love this running down the hall with the last That scene right there, uh-huh. where they're where they're going along the ravine in the desert. Uh, yes, that is straight out of Serenity. Oh, I know. Uh-huh. I was noticing that whatever <laughs> desert, whatever <laughs> desert environment they're on, that is straight from the Serenity movie, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. It's, yeah, uh, uh, only if one of them would look at the camera at the end and say, "I swallowed a bug." <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we see Lando flying uh, what we think is the Falcon, uh, you know, cheering uh, all this. Gorgeous. Okay. The scene I just had it on. All right, so we got a lot of little things happening there, right? A lot of little things happening. So we had like the space horses. Um, so, so here, here's my thing as far as these space horses. Okay. Okay. So we keep debating: is this one of the moons of Endor? Right. So we, if this is Death Star Two, is are these maybe different moons? You know, we know that Endor itself was a forest moon. So there may be, you know, more of a, an ocean moon or a, you know, ice moon or something to that effect. But if this is indoor, do you think our our, our uh, furry horses there are the same furry horses from the Ewoks cartoon? I was wondering that. That has actually been speculated on another podcast uh, <laughs> where these come from. And you know, you, we see the different environs on indoor, and I know Star Wars is synonymous for mono ecologies. But you know what would the Death Star crash do to an ecology? What what would it? Generate? Yeah, you've got to wonder. So, are we going to see like Ewok fossils? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. I think I think they're showing a little bit too much here over the next uh, few seconds because we see Ray and Kylo destroying a statue, a glass sculpture, something. And we don't know whether they're working together or fighting and just happen to destroy it. Seems kind of purposeful to me. And then we see a certain I, I think, character in a throne. Well, I think that there, if there's any image in this thing that was made only for the trailer and will not be in the movie, it's that them teaming up and breaking that thing. Mm. You know, okay. the, the environment doesn't match anything else we've seen up to this point. No. Nope. And that would be like the most misleading thing they could show us. Like to make us think they're going to team up and maybe Kylo's going to come back to the light. And, and that's not, so they're just like in the same way they tricked us with Rogue One. There was misleading yeah. stuff in that. If there was anything that was like, I would guess is the misleading moment from the trailer. That, that's what I would guess. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty, it's pretty wild. So what do you think it's about not, the it's too much. Here on the walking throne? Hmm. Or do we think that's the emperor? 
Well, I'll tell you what came to my mind, just in the way that it's moving. It made me think of the Bomar monks from Return of the Jedi. It's almost that spider-like crawl that you see just there, just for a moment at the beginning of Jabba's palace as they're mm-hmm. walking in. Yeah. So, in the uh, in the Gindi Tartakovsky uh, cartoons, there is a walking hollow projector. Yes. It kind of moves like that. Yeah. So they're thinking. Yeah, we're thinking he made it for the throne on it. And I think maybe isn't the uh, isn't the Viceroy using one on Naboo? Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, episode one. Okay, so this is mm-hmm. coming full circle, episode one here, guys. Uh, Disney paying a little bit of homage to the prequels. What are the odds Kylo's sitting on that throne? That, I mean, he wouldn't cover that glorious mane with that hood. He would <laughs> have to cover that, that mask in a hood all the time. <laughs> well, he, well, he's in the mask, you know, and he's... And he's Look, I know we're all bald, and would, would, we would show off our hair every moment of the day, but like, <laughs> that's right. Mine covered it up. Yeah, I, I really think, I mean, with the voiceover of the Emperor, I really think that, that we're going to have an encounter with the Emperor. Is it a force vision, or is it reality? See, I, I'm wondering if, um, and this is just, I've got no basis for this speculation whatsoever. This is as wild as it gets. Um, I'm wondering if there is an element here where like Luke is, is like the force ghost, Jiminy Cricket to Ray and the emperor is the, is the evil Jiminy Cricket force ghost to Kylo Ren and Kylo Ren is. That that's very possible. And that's exactly what I thought when I was young watching, uh, you know, the, the ending hope that snooze, um, with the, um, you know, Obi-Wan's voice in Luke's head, you know, use the force, Luke, you know, focus. So about Jiminy Cricket. Okay, so what do we have to do? The force will be with you. Always. Ray looking very intent with the pursuit. And I'll talk to Touching when it closed that hand. And you know, I mean, with that to me that was the you know along with the music i think the combination of luke and leia delivering that line you know one of the most famous lines from from the the movie in general the force will be with you always and have both of them do that you know to me that that was impactful very much so i mean it's it's a striking trailer i mean if a trailer's job is to make you want to go watch a movie that one succeeded yeah and think about it. It gave away nothing of the plot mm-hmm. at all. No. But how many more questions do we just now have? And, you know, and I know exactly. speaking earlier on, I was not super excited for this thing. I was kind of trepidatious. But this is really getting me cranked a little bit. I'm really getting jazzed after seeing this trailer. So so good on I, you, whoever, yeah. you know, well, made I've, this I've got a related question to that one. Um, I know we talked about the ticket sales being really good, um, like upfront type deal. Um, Solo paid a really high price for mm-hmm. the re- response to The Last Jedi. Do you think there's going to be any sort of like lingering impact uh, for this movie? Or is it being episode nine in the end going to like wash all that out? I think uh, that episode nine being the end is going to cover a lot of sin. Um, I think it's going to cover a lot there. I think the first two weeks are going to tell this movie. I think you're going to have a massive first two weeks. And if it's received well, it's going to continue. If it's not received well, I think we're going to see a drastic, dramatic drop. Hmm. Okay. I'm interested to see where, where it goes. Because, I mean, no matter what, you're going to have your haters. No matter what, you're going to have your trolls. Uh, so, I mean, that's just going to happen. I, I've already talked to numerous people that said they've already read the entire plot on Reddit and the movie's going to be awful. So, well, don't ask me. Well, you know, we have the House of Mouse to either thank or blame for the condition of Star Wars. Another thing that the House of Mouse is bringing us pretty exciting that we're all looking forward to seeing, I think, coming up is the Disney Plus service. One thing that's come to, to news here is Verizon, in conjunction with Disney+, Plus, uh, select customers to Verizon's unlimited 
four and five LTE plans will get one year free. What do you think about people who've already paid that year, possibly? Uh, me. <laughs> Day one when it went live, I'm like, take my money, please. Uh, so <laughs> I've not called Verizon yet. That's on, that's on my list for this week. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. I know uh, they were saying that AT&T uh, has a situation like that with with another streaming service that that they do. But uh, well, see, we we've uh, we've joked in the past about how we thought that the goal with Disney Plus and the especially the price point being that it's an effort to kill Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm wondering if this is a ploy to like let's see if we can do it in a calendar year. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get one of the largest network carriers to uh, side with us. So, so Bob Iger says you got till October, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, though, I did find it interesting as I was looking through and kind of getting some information with this Verizon Disney deal, though. You know, it kind of gave me a little bit of information on Disney Plus also. Yeah. You know, uh, besides, you know, the commercial free viewing and all that kind of stuff, uh, it's going to offer up to four concurrent streams. Uh, you can download for offline viewing mm-hmm. uh, and then you can set up even seven different profiles. So I guess, you know, as a family, you know, everybody can have, you know, their own profile within the family and have recommendations under that profile and be able to stream all at the same time. So, well, that's definitely one thing. You know, I I have a kind of a a, a kids profile and an adult profile um, on my Netflix, mainly just yeah. for you know uh, rating purposes. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, that's pretty neat to be able to you know have it because I know Netflix, you have to go to a next tier to be able to stream differently on different devices. Right. Um, yeah, so that's really good. And and even, you know, if you don't go with the uh with the Hulu and the ESPN, which is a killer deal for what, twelve ninety nine, you're still looking that at six ninety nine, <laughs> seven bucks a month just for the basic Disney Plus. You know, and you're looking at uh, most of the whole Disney catalog gonna be added on there within the first couple of years. And yeah. plus all of the new content, not even Star Wars and Marvel, but I mean, you know, they're, they're Lady and the Tramp. Um, you know, of course, High School Musical. I was going to say High School Musical. Come on. <laughs> Get your but head you know, in the game. You know, one thing I thought about, one thing I thought about with High School Musical coming up there and reminded me of High School is, you know, having bloodshot eyes. <laughs> so, Jamie, there's a, there's a transition here. I know you're eager for us to get into. So I'm going to say bloodshot and in turn you lose. <laughs> Okay, number one, I, I want to back it for just a second. I consider myself one of the fortunate few to have never been exposed to High School Musical. I have somehow completely avoided all of those things. Well, um, and you've got two girls, so. Yeah, I've Good managed job, it. So, sir. Good on uh, so, you. So Bloodshot. Um, Bloodshot is a, a movie getting ready to come out. Um, I don't know that there's a firm date. Um, I don't care. I'm going to see it. Whatever that date is, I will be seeing it that day. Um, uh, whenever Dwayne uh, tunes out, it's because me and Sammy are talking comics. Um, my favorite comic book, and we, we've talked about Marvel versus DC. Of the big two, I'm a Marvel guy. But my actual favorite comic book company is Valiant. It's a smaller company. <laughs> my favorite Valiant character is Bloodshot. He's one of my probably top five fictional characters of all time. I love this character. It's fascinating. And, but they're a really small company. Um, And and they're a small company in a small industry. And so I was really nervous. I was afraid there wouldn't be the talent uh, to make a good movie. I was afraid there wouldn't be enough budget. I was really nervous. And then I saw this trailer and it knocked my socks off. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I knew a lot of the cast, but, um, I saw the roles they were playing, uh, how they all fit together. Um, and they put some, Sony put some money in this thing. It's a pretty slick looking trailer. I mean, the effects look really pretty nice. Good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the, the trailer laid a lot of my fears and got me really excited. And I was pumped to see 
um, on Facebook, like people sharing the trailer around. And so mm-hmm. um, I don't have any life to know it's a comic book character. <laughs> it just looks like an action movie, I guess. Right. It, uh, <laughs> now that's me. I was not aware that this was a comic book character when I seen it come up on our uh, on our uh, list of news items to cover, and I hadn't actually had a chance to get to it. And uh, I ran into Jamie at an academic <laughs> team, and uh, he so kindly shared it with me uh, over in the corner, uh, kind of illicitly <laughs> during uh, school functions. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But it looked really, really super interesting and a phenomenal killer cast, I think, uh, that really is going to interact well in this universe. And I think it's interesting. Vin Diesel will finally get to say more than I am Groot in a superhero <laughs> movie. So He's going to get to say more than I am Groot or I'll race you for your pink slips. Uh, <laughs> Which Bloodshot, he's kind of an 80s action type guy. Like, he's, there's not a lot of, like, dialogue. He's kind of a one-liner kind of guy. Like, you know, throw a knife, tell somebody to stick around kind of guy. Okay. Uh, uh, what was funny is when that when Valiant got relaunched, I think in 2012, the, the, the initial artist, the initial, like, reference they were using was Vin Diesel. Hmm. So Bloodshot has looked like Vin Diesel for a lot of his recent history. Oh, that's cool. neat. That's really cool. You know, that's similar to the way Marvel in their Ultimate Universe made Nick Fury look like Sam Jackson long before mm-hmm. Sam Jackson was Nick Fury. So, yeah. yeah and, the, uh, and the role that Guy Pierce is playing here, that's a crucial role. I love that he's in it, and he's going to have a lot of fun stuff to do. Doesn't he play such, such a great smarmy him. villain? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love to see him flex his acting muscle, especially with the smarmy... Uh, uh, yeah, he's really great. So that's definitely something that has leapt onto my radar. Is, is the bloodshot. Right, thanks for indulging me, guys. We can move on now. Okay. Well, next we have <laughs> our round <laughs> table rewind. All right. So um, coming back um, from our break, we've got uh, an interesting item here. And Sammy, I'm going to tee you up on this one. Um, there's been a, some movie backlash by some prominent directors uh, on the superhero yeah. movies. I think specifically Marvel. I think they're bashing the most. Yeah, uh, I think that that's the one that, that, that's been in the, the sites more than anything else. All right. G- give our listeners some background here. All right. So, you know, this has been going around for, for a week or so. And all of it came up to come to actually down to Martin Scorsese. Uh, he was being interviewed for Empire Magazine. And he basically made the comment that Marvel movies were not cinema. And then he, he pretty much compared them to theme parks. So obviously you've got a number of things going on. You've got the, <laughs> the, the fanboys as well as you know directors and people who have done these Marvel movies who are chiming in. Uh, so it's created this huge backlash. And, and you know Scorsese wasn't even the worst one. Coppola was literally the worst one when he called them despicable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so all I've got to wonder is, is this sour grapes? Well, I mean, they're just upset because they haven't been asked to direct one yet. <laughs> I think a lot of it is, is snobbery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, they, they, they are placing themselves above an art. I mean, and you know, it's not, high art and you know there is a formula to them and you can easily see it you know uh, from time to time it it becomes more evident but you know i mean there's even art in you know even a formula in scorsese and coppola's movies you know it takes you on a journey you you have a character arc you start at a point and you have either a low point really high point and you need in somewhere different I mean, they're both famed for working in genre movies, right? They're both mostly yes. famous for like mafia mobster style movies. Those are formulaic mm-hmm. genres. Now, maybe they've done them at a high level, but they are formulaic genres. And so are superhero action type movies. They are genres that have the formula. I mean, yeah. they're just genres they don't that they look down upon. 
And, you know, I respect both of these directors. I mean, I've seen numerous movies by both of these guys, you know, whether it be Godfather or Goodfellas or, you know, any of those types of movies. Um, You know, I just think that, you know, part of this is, you know, I realize that they want these hard hitting, you know, kind of realism, realism in movies. And I get that. You know, sometimes I think in an increasing kind of cynicism that we have in our world today, and this 24-hour news cycle, I think we need some uh, light-hearted movies sometimes. And I think Marvel and then movies in general bring that. There's a reason I don't watch reality TV. There's a reason my favorite film genre is science fiction and fantasy. You know, it, it gets yeah. me away from all the crap that, that we deal with every day. And, um, yeah, and just like uh, just like you were saying, um, I think part of the their disgust, and, I, and, and I've kind of gathered this a little bit to myself, everything is being remade. Everything that's being made today has to come from something else. So these original ideas that could really, uh, you know, be groundbreaking are not maybe so aptly seen. But you know what? Someone with the weight of a Scorsese or a Coppola is going to be able to go up to a, a, you know, a movie studio and say, hey, I've got this really out there idea. A new director like me, Jamie or Sammy, if we ever decided to take that role up, you know, we're not going to be able to further our ideas because it's going to be more difficult possibly because of the formula being laid down by these superhero movies. But, you know, I think this is what Todd Phillips was doing with Joker. Yeah, was trying to break the mold. I, th- I think that too. Yeah, I, I think Didn't that Scorsese too. executive produce Joker too? Well, De Niro's in it, so I'm sure Scorsese's doing th- something with it. <laughs> yeah, I think Scorsese was an executive producer on it. Let but me I th- Google that for you. But I, but I, I think I think a lot of this is is some nostalgia for like that so-called you know heyday of late '70s cinema. And both of these guys worked in that when, I mean, studios had their hands off. It was so, it was so called this like, you know, golden age of artistic uh, filmmaking. And I think there's some nostalgia for that. And I, I think, I mean, especially with the, the guys, these are that generation of guys. I and mean, this is the guy who made the Godfather and the guy who made taxi driver. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think there's some of that going on too. Okay. I have vamped Dwayne. I'm, I'm, let, yeah. I, I'm not finding <laughs> Scorsese. Anywhere That's, on uh, on producers, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there is Richard production. Uh, yep. No, I'm not saying I'll be wrong again. It's fine. <laughs> well, you know, I know Scorsese and Coppola don't like Marvel movies, but there's one guy who really likes Marvel movies, and Marvel really likes him. Uh, that would be one Kevin Feige. Apparently, Disney really likes him too. Ah, uh, yes. Because he just got a big promo. Big time. I did some looking into that. I don't know how much of a promo he got. I think he got a new title and a raise. Hmm, okay. Because I don't I even need the t- new title. Just give me the raise. That'll be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll save you one step, fellas. <laughs> I, I did some looking into this because I thought the way it was worded originally, I thought it meant he was in charge of everything named Marvel. So I thought like comic books, TV, everything was now his baby. Like he was the head honcho of everything. Right. And it turns out like, like the people who were in the same position, like in the positions of running those things before are still running those things. But like, there's like an extra layer of bureaucracy now. And Feige's in that as an, as an extra layer in the bureaucracy now, like everybody, the people who are running the TV stuff are still running the TV stuff. People who are running the comic books are running the comic books still. The people who are running the the prose, you know, fiction are still running the prose fiction, but now they have to consult with Feige. And so it's not like, like an iron <laughs> right. thing over it. But like he is, is a more generalized thing. Like he is in charge of Marvel, everything now. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think they're, they're calling him what the chief creative officer. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's not so. as, it's not as like, you know, fingers on everything as it, as it sounds like it would be right up front. Um, you know, CB Sabolsky still running Marvel comics and right. uh, all that kind of jazz. But, I've got, I've got a, I've got a theory. I'm gonna run it by you guys, um, and you can tell me what you think. If, if I, if I'm just being a crazy person, 
Bob Iger's not a young man. He might be looking to retire soon. Well, he was supposed to retire back when they uh, uh, released uh, uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. Do you think maybe this is like, hey, Foggy, don't go anywhere. Stick around. We're going to let you run everything shortly. It could be. I think it's going to come down to him and Kathleen Kennedy uh, to be the next heads of Disney, personally. And uh, and Iger's just trying to see who's going to be the best uh, shoe to fit there. And, uh, you know, I think that those two creatives are in a prime position to take that role. I think those two creatives are. Now, I've also heard that Kevin Feige has been invited to play in the Star Wars universe a little bit. Uh, I've heard about that next, yes. uh, you know, with this next, I don't know how true they are in what capacity, uh, but uh, that could be a very, very interesting take on some Star Wars content. From, from his point of view, because we know he is a super fan, and we know he can convert that fandom to vision on film. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of new Star Wars stuff, Sam, what did you observe at the store the other day? So as I was walking through the, uh, the very small uh, movie aisles now of the local Walmart, uh, I noticed new Blu-ray covers for the entire Star Wars line. Uh, PT, OT, as well as Star Wars stories. And they all have a very similar trade dress. That way they all fit nicely together um, with new art. Uh, and they've actually got digital downloads this time for the original mm. trilogy and the prequel trilogy. Mm, thank you. Just got my Christmas list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, prior to this, I mean, we've had like Force Awakens and Last Jedi and Solo um, and Rogue One with digital downloads. But now with the OT and the PT, we've got those. Yep. So, yeah, you normally had to purchase those separately. So this is very interesting. I might need to expand my Star Wars collection another uh, six years. <laughs> <laughs> We won't tell your wife. (laughs) And honestly, if you take a look, the artwork's stunning. It's really nice uh, the way that they they all tie together well. And just like I said, I think it's just beautiful to look at. Well, I know there was a lot of uh, contention with the artwork for the Star Wars Saga Blu-ray set that was released not too long ago. Uh, There's a lot of contention with that artwork. So uh, I'm interested to see these. I haven't noticed them on the shelf, so I'll have to keep an eye out for that the next time at the local Wally World. Yes, definitely take a look. All right. Sam, what's happening with Clark Kent? Bye, Dwayne. I'll be back. So, so listen, there's a, there's a little bit of news on here next. I'm dying to to, to yeah. hear you guys take on some. But anyway, so we've got a little bit of Clark Kent uh, shenanigans going on here. So, so it wouldn't be a news episode if I didn't throw at least one DC Comics items item in on here. Um, and so, as we know, and, and Jamie and I have discussed this a lot. Uh, now that Brian Michael Bendis has come over yay. to DC, yay, yay for Marvel people, right? Uh, he's been writing both Superman and action comics. And as of Superman issue 18, basically he's writing Superman reveals his identity to the world. So mm-hmm. Bendis says no more Clark Kent. And this is not a fake out story. He said he doesn't believe in this type, these types of stories. So he's going to get rid of Clark Kent. Now, I'm wondering if some of this is going to kind of come from recently in the books. Basically, somebody snapped a picture of Lois Lane kissing Superman. Well, she's getting a lot of backlash because she's cheating on her husband then. Mm. So is this going to be his way to sacrifice to get Lois out of the hot seat which somewhat bothers me because that's kind of an outdated trope of the woman getting really a lot of grief, but Superman's nobody's really saying anything to Superman in the books. That kind of bothers me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, they're not saying home record to him, you know, kind of deal. <laughs> but, um, but we'll see. I mean, what ramifications will the loss of Clark Kent 
you know, kind of affect the rest of the DCU. I mean, his friends, his family, you know, is this going to be a DC civil war where characters are going to be revealing identities and some disagree with it? And are we going to have a throwdown between Batman and Superman? Is this going to be a situation where, uh, you know, Superman is going to, I think kind of uh, has been hinted at, you know, in other stories, lean more toward his alien, you know, superiority, supposedly. Yeah. And we talked about this, you know, what part of is the man, what part is the super part, you know, when on graphically novel, when we were discussing Kingdom Come. So I'm interested to see which way this goes. But haven't they done this before, like once a decade, (laughs) every decade? (laughs) This is this is one of those typical stories that we do see. Uh, this has happened a few times, and then conveniently some type of uh, time crisis occurs, and everybody forgets, and it's status quo again. So I don't know. Yeah. Ben just seems to act like this is sticking, so we'll see. Well, until it doesn't. Exactly. <laughs> Was he, did the, he did the same thing. Was it him at Marvel that is with Spider-Man? Had Spider-Man unmasked, or was that Warren Ellis? I couldn't remember because that was yeah. in the original Civil War, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that may have been Warren Ellis. I, I can't remember if that was was it Mark Millar that did you're the original right. Civil War. Yeah, okay. yeah, it is. Yeah, I was. But, but Ben just kind of took that ball and ran with it, and like New Avengers and stuff like that. So. Yeah, and somebody did it to Daredevil too recently. Ben always. It was a Bendis. Okay, that's what Bendis. I yeah, yeah, Bendis did that to Daredevil. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he had a really rough year after that. Yeah. <laughs> they, but they, but they fixed it. It's all, it's all, it's all good now. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like when superheroes die, they get better. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dwayne. I know you're excited about the next one. Let's move on. Yeah. Speaking of Daredevils, uh, a <laughs> racing movie uh, here coming up. Ford versus Ferrari, a true story where Ford builds a car to take down a Ferrari. Yes. And uh, this looks so much fun. This looks like it's going to be a killer movie. Killer cast, Christian Bell, Matt oh, yeah. Damon, John Berenthal, you know, just guys who eat up the scenery. And oh, yeah. uh, seeing the see the trailer for this thing, man, these guys are just just into going fast and ripping each other to shreds. And we've already seen, I mean, that we've got Jason Bourne, Batman and the Punisher in this movie. Mm-hmm. So it's already got all the nerds buying tickets. Yeah. Uh, really. Yeah. And, and you know, got, and we, as we've all already discussed, you know, with, with 1911, with, uh, you know, uh, Gerald Tolkien movie with, uh, you know, uh, the current, we're all kind of history movie buffs. Yeah. We all love that stuff. Yeah, I'm, I will see this in a theater because I suspect that some of these dramatic racing scenes are going to be stunning. Oh, it's got to be beautiful. And, you know, what I found really interesting when you start, you know, you talked about the cast and stuff. You know, Matt Damon is playing uh, Carol Shelby. And considering this, is, he's working for Ford, I'm guessing this is probably where we get like the, the Shelby Cobra. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not really a gearhead, but but, you know, I know that name. Uh, and the fact that John Bernthal is playing Lee Iacocca cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't know that's who he was playing. Yeah, Lee Iacocca. Yeah. <laughs> he is Lee Iacocca. Uh, so, I mean, Lee Iacocca was, you know, he designed all kinds of vehicles and all sorts of things. Oh, yeah. Careers. Uh, but, yeah, uh, the Shelby Cobra, uh, Sam, if, if you're not real familiar, it doesn't look like a Mustang. It doesn't look like any other Ford. It's just this little itty bitty, teeny tiny car that's nothing but a motor and two seats. <laughs> and and this was what you know Ford developed. You know from they kind of took a Mustang and morphed it into this. You know which a Mustang is already a monster muscle car. They just took this and stripped it down and well the old Mustangs were. And they just <laughs> took it, stripped it down and made it so compact and fast and just so bare bones. These Shelby so, Cobras, if you've ever had a chance to see one in real life, they're so much smaller than you would ever think they are. So but I would tie this back they, geeky. When they start up, real quick, when they start up, <laughs> it's like, boom! I mean, they are a monster of a vehicle, but they're so tiny. 
But go ahead. So, so I'm going to talk about geeky. So we know George Lucas is a car buff. Mm-hmm. So was this the kind of thing that that speeder box and swoop box probably came from? Oh, a yeah. big motor, one seat. <laughs> oh yeah, entirely. Well, if you see the speeders, if you see the speeders on Coruscant in Episode Two, you know uh, Anakin still in the open cockpit convertible. You know those are modeled strictly after, and yes. even the even the spaceships, uh, the Naboo fighters in Episode One. You know, with the chrome and the yellow, uh, you know, hot rod colors. Yep. Those are complete hot rods. Well, I, before we move on, I've got a, a, a kind of a strange question. I kept, as I, I may have watched this trailer repeatedly, um, but <laughs> what do y'all think of the accents? Do you think Damon and Bale are pulling off the accents? No. <laughs> no. no. I love the actors, but the accents really had me confused. Yeah. I was like, are they Australian? I think Bale is are supposed they, to be Australian, but it might be a Australian? little much. Now, are they he's just playing, hicks? <laughs> uh, Bale's playing Ken Miles. I think he was originally supposed to be from the United Kingdom. So I think he was, he was like <laughs> English or British or something. He's already a British actor, you know. So why well, would why he? Why is he doing an accent at all? Why I mean, let's say the lines. Yeah, unless he's doing some kind of crazy Cockney thing, you know. It could be. It could be. Yeah. But I love I love the line where uh, I think it's Matt Damon, uh, you know, playing Shelby. He says, "I don't speak Italian, but those, but, but that sounds like they're mad, you know." Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think I think Damon's doing a little better. Yeah. Than Bale, but they're such good actors, though. I'll roll with it. Oh, those accents had me rolling. <laughs> great British accents. You know, there's a character who, in some of our beloved movies, who has a beautiful British accent. She plays. Professor Trelawney in our Harry Potter movies. So, Jamie, oh. <laughs> it's time for you to endorse some pain. I don't want to. Oh, okay, so now it is Trelawney time. So, let me see here. We, our last predictions for Zombie Zombie Land 2 Double Tap. I didn't even go look. I'm afraid. I, <laughs> I used to look at these, these these reports and stuff until we started doing Trelawney time, and now I just refuse. They're too painful. <laughs> okay. Well, this was a, a weird one because me and Sam had the exact same uh, yep. prediction here without, we the same. Uh, without going uh, – forward uh, so me and sam had predicted 72 percent for this thing uh jamie you had predicted 53 53 percent rotten tomatoes score is 68 percent okay eight percent yeah i lose again i'm not shocked so, you're, you're losing out again uh, <laughs> i'm surprised it was that high though i, I really am uh, i i, I was the trailers didn't knock my socks off. Yeah, I, I am too. And which, like I said, I think these movies, they are what they are, and, and people know what they are, and and everybody embraces it, you know? Yeah. Just just, just have to be there. Just you got to wonder what Scorsese and Coppola think of that. <laughs> oh, one movie that does have me very concerned, though, coming up is uh, – the new Terminator flick, Dark Fate. This looks very, shall I say, interesting. That's a word. Um, yeah. That's a word in the English language. Um, I think you said it with the right tone. Um, I think if we were, if this was in prose, that would have had a question mark at the end. <laughs> Appropriately, so I don't, I don't know what to make of this. I want it to be good. I have an incredible childhood fondness for the first Terminator movie. Yeah, I want to, I want it to be good, especially with Arnold and Linda Hamilton back. Yeah, but that trailer, it's a mixed bag. Right, and we've had yep. so much craziness with the last couple Terminator movies. They just don't know what they're doing. I mean, Did you all watch Genesis? Really... Mm-hmm. Nope. I didn't watch it. Uh, I watched it. Uh, I wanted to watch Salvation and tried to. I thought Salvation was okay. And uh, I honestly, I don't think I've seen a full Terminator movie since Terminator 3. 
which which one was it that Matt Smith was the was the the really big bad? Was that Salvation or was it Genesis? I think that was Genesis. Okay. Salvation was when they had Christian Bale in it. Okay. So I've I've seen Genesis then. So <laughs> <laughs> Matt Smith's the big bad. So there you go. The Boy, these doctor. last couple have been memorable, haven't they? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're picking some doozies, guys. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but there are what some. What's this about are... quality pop culture? <laughs> uh, we'll give us some scores in a second. Um, but there are there are some interesting moments. Some of the action beats look kind of fun. Um, like when the when the new Terminator is sort of like you know morphing through onto the hood of the 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 yeah. big rig. I mean that looks kind of interesting, you know. Um, but uh, uh some of it, I'm just I, I don't know. Uh. This is maybe a red box for me. I'm not sure. I'm I'm probably not seeing this in a theater. Yeah, uh, this is gonna be the red box for stream. Probably stream if, yeah. if at all. If it's, um, okay. Well, just everyone throw us some numbers. I'm laying down forty two percent. Okay. Um, I wrote mine down. I can show you if you don't, you know, believe me. Um, I went forty nine. So we're in the we're in the same you know ballpark. Same ballpark. Okay. I went a little higher. I went sixty-five percent. Sixty-five. Sam being generous. I think. I think some of the, uh, just just some of the, the the vibes of having, you know, Sarah Connor back and, and Arnold not CG. So you know, I think it'll bring some people in. So. Yeah. Well, and James Cameron is attached in some capacity. I know he didn't direct it. I'm not sure how involved he was, or if it was just like, hey, let's let's give him some dollars and slap his name on it, see if that'll get us some goodwill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, there's you know, Terminator has been a fondness you know since childhood, but they've really not known what to do with the franchise. So it's either going to be me and Jamie in the doghouse. <laughs> or Sam being optimistic. <laughs> you know, this, you know, this, this next uh, time results are so I'm, I'm very interested in it. So Jamie's predicting 49%, Sam 65 and myself 42%. At least I'm in the middle this time. I'm, I'm between you guys. So one of you has to be wronger than me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> we have to be wronger than Jamie. There you go. Well, guys, it was fun talking Bloodshot with you guys and Star Wars. And Star Wars. Yeah, it's <laughs> great talking Ford versus Ferrari, and uh, really enjoyed that. You know, it's you know it's been kind of a like a slow month the last little bit in the in the in the nerdy world. So I mean, we've there's some really exciting stuff going on here. Yeah, I think really, so. Really excited. So Jamie, bring us out. Keep it nerdy. Goodbye, Heather. Bye, Heather. Bye, Heather. Graphically Novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the brothers Fugit discuss classic and not-so-classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel. Three brothers who like each other but love comics.